Welcome to the Different Skill Notebook Podcast. The Different Skill Notebook is a tool for parents and educators to equip children and teens with the social, emotional, and independent skills needed to thrive in their life. The Different Skill Notebook is the result of the work of Dr. Sandra Savinelli and Anand Salma at the Social Mind Center. They found that parents and educators cannot always identify the skills needed to overcome some of the barriers that the child is experiencing to learning and thriving. The notebook identifies the different skills, tools, and resources needed to overcome some of the learning barriers and differences that are experienced by children and teens today. These are different times, requiring different skills and tools. Join us as we share our smart conversations with our parents, educators, and colleagues to give children the life skills and social adaptation needed to thrive in environments that keep changing. Welcome to the Different Skill Notebook. My name is Anna Anselma and I am your host. And we are starting 2023 with a new series called Knowing Autism. And in this episode, I would like to share with you all my personal story with autism and my journey with autism. And I want to start by telling you the story of the very, very beginning when the first time I knew something was wrong with my son. And the reason I want to tell this story is because I'm finding now in my work at the Social Mind Center that a lot of parents are very hesitant when they first hear that something's wrong or that their child may have autism in getting their child early intervention. And so I want to share the story of my son's journey and my journey and my family's journey. But most importantly, I want to share the choices that I made at particular critical times. And I think that the hardest part about being a parent is that we have to make choices and we are held liable for these choices for a lifetime because our children are not able to make choices for themselves for a very long time. And when you have a neurodivergent child, they may not be able to make sound choices for a while till they get some skill sets in place. So the choices that we make as parents can impact the lives of our children forever. So I think it's important to be informed and have important information. And it's easy to get clouded judgment, I think, with autism, because I think it's probably one of the most talked about topics in the world. Yet, we're very far from really helping families know what the first few steps they should take and then the steps after. There seems to be way too many choices and um, there seems to be way too much mis- misinformation. And there seems to be a lot of profitability in some of the recommendations that you're given and the reasons why you should do certain interventions over others. But I think what can completely change that is knowing autism for what it really is. And I think we're far from that. We're far from accepting what autism is. We're far from accepting neurodivergent individuals 
uh, we're still at a place where the expectation is that they will evolve into a neurotypical. At least the educational system has been formulated that way. It's been set up that way. It's set up to train neurodivergence to to be neurotypicals, not to equip them to be themselves and the best versions of themselves. We still don't have our mind wrapped around that. But I want to share the very first um, year of my life with autism, and hopefully this will make a difference on your perspective, and it will allow you to make smart choices for your child. So I had my daughter Gabby first, and um, she was almost two. Um, she was 12 months when I got pregnant with my son, Nick. So they're 20 months apart. So when Nick was born, Gabby was almost two. And, uh, you know, she was definitely in a different season than Nick. And she's a completely different child, too. They're so different in so many ways. So Gabby was in preschool at the time, just a few days a week. Um, I was an at-home mom. I had left my career as an IT coordinator for Greenberg Torrig, which I loved my job, but I really felt like it was going to be very difficult to um, do my job at home with two toddlers running around, even if I had help. But so I, Nick was born and while Gabby was in school and doing her activities, that was an opportunity for him and I to do things alone and then come together as a family and do things together. So when did we first know something was wrong? Well, it kind of happened surprisingly, just not really thinking deeply that something was wrong. My husband would come back from work and he would say, I, I call out Nick's name and he doesn't respond. Like I yell, Nick, Nick, I'm home. And if Nick was in the living room or my husband was nearby, Nick would never turn around to, to acknowledge my husband. Now, Nick was not really that disconnected from the environment compared to some other children who are just completely in their own world. He did tune out a lot, but um, it was more obvious in certain situations. So John kept commenting to me, um, I think Nick, he's deaf, or maybe he can't hear us. Maybe he, something's wrong. Maybe, you know, maybe this, but we, neither one of us took action in the sense of saying, okay, let's take him to the pediatrician. Let's, um, Immediately, you know, it was kind of like something we kept talking about over and over again. Like Nick doesn't turn around when we call his name. So Nick's second birthday came along and usually we have my family's very big on celebrating birthdays. And, you know, we had a birthday party at the house where family and friends came and it came time for Nick to cut the cake. And he was sitting at the table facing the cake. And um, one of my girlfriends was standing behind him. And she was saying, Nick, Nick. She was trying to tell him something before, you know, we sang happy birthday. And Nick just didn't turn around. I mean, she said it many times and she was right behind him and he didn't turn around. So, you know, we went along with the party and, you know, it was a great event and a great celebration. And my best friend at, you know, Mo asked me if I could talk to her for a few minutes, if we could go up to the bedroom, she needed to talk to me. So she... I'll never forget it. We were like in my master bedroom. We walked in and we're leaning, you know, on the wall that connects to my closet. And she said to me, um, I wanted to talk to you about Nick and, um, you know, this isn't easy and, uh, but something, something's wrong. And, uh, you know, we, we call his name and he, he doesn't respond and something's wrong. And 
you should probably know that Moses social worker. So she, she does know quite a bit about the developmental phases of a child and so forth. So not that she claimed to be an expert on what was occurring with him, but she felt like it was important to discuss something was wrong. So I remember just breaking down and saying, I know, I know something's wrong. I said, and then my next words were, I am so scared. I'm so afraid. I mean, like, what if he can't hear? What if, you know, what's going to happen? It's all those what ifs that are a nightmare. And, you know, I'm just so scared. And, you know, she said, it's okay to be scared. It's okay. Um, It's going to be okay. And, you know, people do tell you that, but is it really going to be okay? At that moment, I didn't, I didn't feel that way. So, we agreed that I would, you know, take the next step forward and go see the pediatrician and discuss what was going on. And Nick was also not talking much. He wasn't saying much. And at two years old, you should have a considerable amount of words and be speaking and communicating. And Nick was not. So that was another factor. Now, it wasn't that obvious that he wasn't talking because uh, when he did look at you, he did look at you. And when you would engage him, he was very engaging and he was very involved following his sister around and doing things. So, um, it wasn't that obvious to somebody who isn't, you know, familiar with autism. So I spoke to my husband and we, to John, and I said, you know, we should go to the pediatrician and get this process started and see what's, if there's anything wrong. So we went to the pediatrician and the pediatrician said our starting point should be getting a hearing test and then we'll take it from there. So we scheduled a hearing test and we went to the audiologist and I remember being in the booth with Nick and, you know, um, he had to make a gesture or say when he could hear a sound and he, he was able to do that. You know, um, I gave him the instructions and he was sitting on my lap. So when we left the audiologist, um, she said his hearing is fine. He does not have any hearing deficits. So I said, well, what is the next step? And she said, well, let me give you a list. And the next step would be to get neurodevelopmental testing. I had no idea what that was, neurodevelopmental testing. So I looked at the list. I walked out and, um, you know, I just started to go about my day. And, and I thought to myself, oh, I've got to get Gabby to school and, you know, the whole process. And you know, in the back of my mind is this list in my purse. So, you know, I had to, you know, pick up Gabby and um, I am just overwhelmed. And I remember crying in the car and just feeling like, and I, and I don't know if it happened right after the hearing test or this is a few days after, because, you know, I think it's hard to remember details when we're so stressed, but I remember heading to Gabby's school to pick her up with Nick. And I just remember pretty much having a breakdown and just saying, um, having a conversation with God, because that's, you know, that's what I do. I have a lot of conversations with God. My life is, is just, he's someone that I daily converse with. And I remember saying, I, I have no idea what to do. And um, here's this list of things. I don't know what neurodevelopmental disorders are. I don't know what neurodevelopmental testing is. I don't know what any of this is. And I don't feel comfortable just picking up the phone and calling one of these random people and seeing what happens after that. And I'm really not comfortable with the not knowing anything. And, you know, you're just, I think the not knowing is worst. Um, so I'm sitting there in the parking lot trying to pull myself together and um, at the family center at Nova. 
And, you know, I, I asked God to guide me and, and tell me what's the next step. What's the next step I need to take in this situation? And um, so I sat there for a little longer. I pulled myself together. You know, Nick was um, watching his movie in the car. And, you know, I don't know that he was aware that I was just having a breakdown. And um, when I get off, as I'm getting ready to get off of the car and I'm getting Nick ready, I think to myself, oh, I should ask Debbie Kay. She's the preschool director at the family center. And maybe she can guide me as to maybe she knows some of these people on the list. So I go inside with Nick and I, and I said to her, um, Debbie, I find myself in this situation. I thought you would know, um, which direction to point me in. I, I'd really like to go to somebody reputable. And she said, Oh, yes, Anna, you should just go upstairs to Dr. Savinelli, Dr. Sandra Savinelli. She runs the unicorn clinic up here at the family center. And she can guide you through this process. Well, great. I got a name. I got a location. And um, I remember going up there and scheduling an appointment, you know, with Dr. Savinelli and calling John and saying, I found somebody, Debbie Kay recommended me. So fast forward to my session with Dr. Sandra Savinelli. Um, we met with Sandra and she was going to do a speech and language evaluation and you would say to yourself, oh, why not a neurologist? Why not this? Why not that? Well, Nick wasn't talking so or responding or engaging for his age level, developmental level milestones of communication. So it is a speech and language pathologist that would identify if he has a speech and language delay. The irony in that is that you know, that's not always the first step that families take when there's suspicion of autism. And it's really the language profile of a child with autism that makes them unique and that you can really identify this is autism because it's how they go about navigating their environment that really differentiates it from just a speech delay or a speech and language delay, right? So it's very specific. So we went to Dr. Savinelli and, you know, um, she, we went into this really big room and it had all these games and kind of like a little bit of an obstacle course. And, you know, she spent over an hour with Nick and, um, evaluating him. And then I remember sitting in this couch and her telling me with Nick next to her, I said, well, what do you think? And she said, well, I need to process, you know, um, the information and I will prepare a report for you and share your recommendations with you and let you know, you know, what I think and what his scoring was. And um, so I remember looking at her and saying, um, can I be really frank? I said, I know something is wrong. I know something is wrong and I no longer want to wait to hear what's wrong because I think that that's what's really getting to me. And she said, I understand it's very stressful. And I said, if you were me, if you were me and you were in my situation and I feel like we don't have time to waste, what would you do? And then I remember her looking at me and really being hesitant to share what she thought. And I said, so, you know, what do you think it is? It's okay that, you know, can you tell me what you think it is that you're looking at? And she said to me, 
I think it looks like autism. It's, it looks like autism. You know, he may possibly have autism and, and, uh, and I said, okay. And I had no idea what that was. Like I had never in my life heard that word autism. Now, mind you, this was 17 years ago. My son is now 19 and this was 17 years ago. So, um, I said, I I never heard that word in my life. So I didn't know what she was talking about. So I said, okay, well, I don't know what autism is, but if you were me and this was your child, what would you do? What would you do right now? And she said, well, I think your starting point is speech and language intervention. And I said, okay, uh, where do I sign up for that? And, um, you know, she said, oh, I can give you dates and stuff. But I said, well, let me call my husband and let me talk to him. But I, before I leave today, I'd like to, you know, start the process to get him enrolled. And if you could be the one or if you're available to um, do the speech and language therapy and how many times a week, she said two times a week, that, that would be our starting point. And then I said, well, um, what else would you do? And she goes, well, let's start that. Let's get started on that. And then as we get started on that, we'll start to discuss other possibilities and, and so forth. And then, you know, she recommended, you know, she said, you could go see a neurologist. And I said, well, you know, I, I don't want to at this moment. I just want to get started. I know, I know I need to get started. So I called John and I said, I, you know, I met with Dr. Savinelli and she doesn't have the report ready and she would like to get the report you know, and all her recommendations, you know, lined up. But right now she recommends that we do speech and language intervention. That's what she would do if it was her child. And then um, he, I said to him, she thinks it's autism. And neither one of us knew what autism was. But we have a name. We we had something to call it now. And uh, so I said, this is what she recommends. And he's like, well, just sign him up right now. And then I said, well, what about insurance and all that? And he said, well, I'll take care of that. And he goes, just get him started. We, we don't have any time to lose. And, you know, we, we just want to get started. And, you know, that that is my husband and my personality. John and I, our personality is we're doers. We, we go, we act. So, you know, that was the beginning of our journey with autism. You know, Dr. Sandra Savinelli, who now is my business partner, was the person that diagnosed Nick and said it's autism. And she was the first one to lead me in that few years of my process. And now that my son is 19, and there is no definitive results in autism, and I think that's what makes it really difficult. Like, you know, you can follow my same pathway of intervention and you're going to have different results because children on the spectrum are very unique. Each one is very different. However, I assure you that following the pathway that I took would definitely equip your child with what they need. Now, how your child responds is completely out of both of our controls. But Early intervention makes a difference that is undeniable, undeniable. Consistent early intervention makes an enormous difference. And I think intervention in autism makes an enormous difference. I think it's easy for parents to delay it because they think, oh, my child's going to outgrow this or they're just a little behind. They'll catch up. And that's a detrimental decision because in reality, if your child isn't talking at two, going to see a speech and language therapist isn't going to hurt them. It's only going to, it's like super tutoring, right? So, or going to see an OT 
or um, doing behavioral therapy, it's only going to help them get ahead. So there's no reason to question it and there's no reason not to do it. It is very important to find responsible, uh, qualified, and knowledgeable people in specifically autism. But early intervention will never hurt your child. It's like tutoring and getting them ahead. So there's no reason to question it. Not doing early intervention will impact your child and will impact their success. It, it will impact it because they will get to a point where they're just behind, 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 and it's constant catch up. And the idea with autism is to get ahead of it, to get the skills ahead of it, to always be trying to get ahead, not to fall behind. But I can talk with you about my second session, which is knowing autism and knowing social communication and what is autism and what are the core characteristics of autism. But in my journey with my son, this relationship that I had with Dr. Sandra Savinelli was life altering because my first choice in who I made to be um, my son's therapist guided me in the best practices in autism, not in her opinion, not in what she thinks was most profitable for her. She guided me on research-based interventions that are best practices in autism. And who decides best practices in autism intervention? Well, it's academia and research. And now, 17 years later, the research is overwhelming as to what are the effective interventions. And the interventions are dependent on your child's learning process and on your child's autism and what are the characteristics that are in their autism. Like what characteristics of the autism are impacting your child most? Like there are children that are verbal. My son was nonverbal, right? Um, there are children who have sensory issues. My son did not have overwhelming sensory issues. So there are core characteristics in autism and they impact each child differently. But the key is to start to address those core characteristics in autism for the best results possible. And I'll talk with you in my next session with that. But thank you for listening to my story on the first time that I knew something was wrong with my son and the first time that I heard the word autism. And uh, that really just guided me in a journey. It started me on a lifelong journey with autism, which I'd like to share bits and pieces of that with you because I've learned so much along the way that I think will make a difference in your life. And it will help you make a difference in your child's life and equipping them to thrive for who they are and who they're meant to be. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to our next podcast session on social communication. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at the Different Skill Notebook. The script is available on the Podbean site and at socialmindcenter.com. We can also be reached through our website.